Welcome back to the RDN Good Roller Pod, episode nine. I got the two boys here with me, Kevin Dwyer and Jordan Hampleton. How you boys doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Well, I'm glad you got my last name right for the first time. It's all good, though. We love it. Dude, how long have I known you and I've been calling you Hamilton? <laughs> I know, I know, but it's okay. Sorry. It's okay. We know we last long. I'm doing good, though, boys. Hanging out. Still quarantined, hanging in there. Uh, you know, just chilling, not doing much. What about you guys? Well, uh, happy Easter to everybody. We had a little Easter yesterday, and uh, it was also Big Jimmy D's 66th birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday to Mr. Dwyer out there. And it was kind of weird. He was in the hospital for the week. He had, like, an operation. But he got home yesterday on his birthday. So it was good to hear he's okay. Yeah, he's good. He's good. So, so yeah, uh, happy about that. Saw him today, obviously still in quarantine, but I just take the dogs out, dude. The dogs run my life now, and so does the kitchen and dishes, so that's how I'm doing. Your dad's the only person that I, like, never see when I'm out of my gear, but I only see him when I'm playing because he's always standing behind the glass, but I never see him when I'm done with my games. Like, anytime we're done with our games, you know, and we're playing, and I'll be like, you know, let's go go hit up the gym. Nope. Can't find him. I was like, I don't know where he went. I was like, he's he was just here. So secretive, but that's what I always love. A mystery. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. As I would say, he's a secret agent. So, all right, boys. Well, how about we send it over to the Chucky Slick interview now? Welcome back to the RDN Good Roller Pod, episode nine. The boys are joined by a special guest that is in lockdown in Spain due to the quarantine. He's keeping the Instagram world entertained with his videos and his cookie cooking show. He's been all over the world playing roller and ice from Sweden to Czech, currently playing in Spain. He currently plays for the Espana Hockey Club in the Liga Elite. He's originally from San Diego, the cookie-making pelican himself, Chucky Slick. Welcome <laughs> to the pod. What's up, everybody? How we doing? We're doing good, man. How are you? Fantastic. Loving it. How are you boys? How's Jordan and uh, Kevin? Pretty good. You know, I'm out here chilling. Another day on the, in the life talking to Chucky Slick today. Just quarantining per usual during this period. So I hear you. I hear you. Another interview with a uh, an all-star. So excited about that. So what do you, uh, Chuck, kind of take us, I mean, per, pretty much you got this little show going on Instagram. People are like, I guess... I'm pumped about it. Whenever I get on Instagram, I go, I wonder what he's going to be posting today. So what is your day like in Spain right now since the <laughs> – what's your life like right now in Spain since lockdown? Uh, well, obviously, like, the first week or two are a bit, like, kind of, like, I don't know, a little stressful and anxious because, like, obviously, like, nobody knew what was going on. And, you know, Europe is, like, a month ahead of the States and all of this stuff. So, like, there wasn't really anyone to, like – look after like as like what's about to happen like it's just kind of like really uncertain time so like the lockdown and we got like we got put into full-blown like we can't leave our cribs only for groceries like that's it kind of lockdown um and so like the first couple of days you know like obviously I was trying to get the fuck out of here I was trying to get home the hockey season got canceled 
and the flights were like few and far between. So I was like pretty stressed out the first couple of days, like this is going to suck. And then worrying about not going to be able to go home for like months and months. And that's still it was like, okay, like I can't control this situation. I'm not going to like stress myself out over something I can't control. I might as well just like make the most of it. So, uh, I don't know. I just started like finding ways to, you know, I've never, obviously none of us have ever been in this situation in our lives. So I kind of had to like learn to, you know, just live without a social life and how to entertain myself. And like, I don't read books. I don't watch Netflix or anything like that. So I was just kind of like, fuck it. I'm going to start making cookies. You know, I love cookies. Like I'm going to learn how to do that. <laughs> and I don't know. Like I posted one video one day of me making them and I fucking butchered them so bad, like so bad. And people seem to really like it. I was getting like a lot of messages from that. So I was like, I, I guess I'll document the next time I make cookies. So the next morning I came back and did it and I fucked them up like even worse. But it seemed like, it seemed like the more I, destroyed the batch of cookies the more people were like tuning in i guess (laughs) so the next day i was like well i guess people want to see this you know this train wreck let's see how it goes and like i was trying to make good cookies and like i think i had three horrible days in a row where like i either burned them or the ice you know i was like eyeballing all the ingredients i don't know but it uh, it kept me entertained for sure the the cooking show and <laughs> I kind of just fell into that I never I never like you know quarantine's weird like weird things are happening I kind of just fell into like a random Instagram quarantine cooking show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not dude I think I'm trying to make what what kind of cookies are you trying to make just like some chocolate uh, chip yeah just the standard chocolate chip I love that <laughs> it's funny like. I just made the first batch of cookies that are like excellent. Like I just made them like yesterday and it was the first time I like went to the store and I was like, okay, fuck all this ecological shit. Like I'm just buying the regular stuff. Like I just bought like regular eggs, regular flour, regular butter, not all like the vegan stuff. <laughs> like they came out perfect. <laughs> I figured like since I'm in quarantine, I'm going to be crushing cookies. Like it would not be good for me <laughs> to like the amount, the amount of cookies that I'm consuming, it just wouldn't be good to be like consuming that much sugar. I'm, I am, I do not consume like sugar. Like I try to stay away from that. So, uh, I just try to like, I was like, okay, I got to make these cookies as healthy as I can. Cause I'm about to be crushing. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'll go ahead. I had, I had a cookie for breakfast. I had a cookie oh, for yeah. breakfast. Dope. <laughs> nice. I saw on your Instagram, uh, you, you made yourself a, uh, a furry friend and his name happens to be my name. How's, how's Kevin doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, Kevin's chilling, you know, he's, uh, I think he's taking a little nap right now, but if I could take a couple spins around the block, like with the dog, I was like, sign me up. So I had to make a little dog, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin out there. So how did you, where did you, where's the, uh, home rink, home rink where you, uh, started playing? Uh, home rink is Skate San Diego. Joe Norris, familiar with Joe Norris? Yep, yeah, I've heard the name. Yep. Yeah, he was the guy that started those sprung chassis skates yeah. okay, like many okay. years ago. Um, yeah, he's like a San Diego legend. He played in the show for a couple of years, and then he played in the minors in San Diego, and then he just retired in San Diego and opened up a roller rink and played there my whole life. Um, a lot of guys grew up playing there, like John Parker, you know, CJ Ruedel, Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, 
a lot, a lot of guys came out of Joe's ring because Joe is like a really high caliber player. And he, he took a lot of kids under his wing. Like there was no roller hockey in San Diego really without Joe, at least at an elite level. And he was like, you know, the hosers was like in the nineties, they were like dominating Narch and all that. And they were like just a big program for a long time. And then there's yeah, yeah, I still play. Yeah, for them. yeah, um, yeah. So we, uh, yeah, I just kind of grew up playing at Joe's Rink in uh, Southside San Diego, and uh, yeah. Nice. So what? So was that the team, the San Diego Hosers, the team you grew up playing with? Yeah, yeah, I grew up playing on like the you know U six, U eight, U ten Hosers. I remember playing against the Bulldogs and the Swarm. I remember playing against like you know uh, Olinger and all those guys. Like when we were kids, we played against each other. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty much I grew up playing for them my whole life or for a while. And then the hosers kind of like fell apart for like 10 years and we fired it back up like 2014. And one of your songs, one of your lyrics is playing hockey ever since Dr. J was smoking chronic. Hockey player swag, yo, all I do is snipe and flow. Um, oh, God. Do you, realize, do you remember what song that was? And also, yeah. that. Um, you in that song, I talked about moving a lot and you'd been in Virginia for some years. So can you talk about like, how did you move out there? How did you start moving around? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course I remember that song, uh, raising the bar. It was like a MC showcase in 2011. Like all these like MCs were like sending in their verses over the same beat to like win $10,000. And I was trying to win some money. So I just like, I'm going to spit some super hot fire. That's dope. I love it. Yeah. Hearing hearing now, like I mean, I haven't heard that song in years, but hearing you say that now, like that I even dropped the word swag, it just sounds so 2010. Like <laughs> cringe cringing hearing that now. But uh I uh yeah, when I was like twelve, my father or no eleven, maybe my father moved to like Virginia, like Washington, DC area. And I lived out there for like eight years. Um, played for the Mad Dogs. It was like a roller hockey club out there. We always played against like Tour Breakaway, Philadelphia Revolution, all those teams. Yeah, and Black Ice as well. We were like, you know, going to feature real tournaments and doing the whole, doing that whole East Coast circuit uh, up until I was like 16. And then uh, my family moved back to San Diego. And at that point, when I was 16, that's when I just kind of moved away from home for like ice hockey and started bouncing around. Cool. Did you the play um, World. State Wars also back um, with in Virginia and stuff too? Yeah, yeah. I played uh, I played like one or two State Wars tournaments with Team Virginia, Double A baby. If you don't mind, my, like you said earlier, like you don't read books or like you don't read a lot and stuff, which I'm not like knocking you for. I, all my buddies don't, but like, what what motivated you to like start putting like pen to paper and putting songs together I, i'm just interested like it's very like it's fascinating uh, that's a, yeah that's a good question um i'm not really sure because I, I didn't come from like a musical family at all um but i was a big fan of music growing up you know i was growing up with you know all the classics like acdc guns and roses and then i got into like blink way two and some 41 and then one day, man, I got this Slim Shady album and I fucking shaved my head, pierced my ear, and I was like, I am the real fucking Slim Shady. Let's go. <laughs> I was fired up. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, hi, kids. Do you like violence? <laughs> I was like, this dude is insane. I would come home every day. Like, I used to hide this CD in a, in a shoebox in my fucking closet. 
and I would come home, put it in my CD player, and just be like, my name is, and I was like, dude, this dude is ill. <laughs> and then, you know, from, from him, I just kind of ventured out, and, and I just, you know, I found Dr. Obviously with Eminem, you find Dr. Dre. And once I found Dre, and then, you know, you find Dre, that's a window to all West Coast. And then I just became like massive West Coast 90s hip hop fan with Snoop and Dre, NWA, Ice Cube, all these guys. And then there was like a two year period at the end of middle school where in ninth grade where I was just a massive like diehard Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, West Coast hip hop fan. And um, I started hanging around with people that like this kind of music. And through hanging out with other hip hop heads, which is a culture that I never thought I would involve myself in, I started finding myself in ciphers, in freestyles, in battles. I saw at house parties, I found myself being in the circle like, fuck it, I want to do this. This looks so fun. Um, so I just kind of did that for like two years and just be like, you know, freshman year of high school, being faded at a party and like, you know, someone would be boxing and we were, we were just kicked close. They were pretty bad, but. It was always a good time. And then after like two years of just freestyling and writing songs to beats for fun, um, I was like, why don't I just record? And then went to Guitar Center, bought all the basic shit I needed. And <laughs> I was playing juniors in New Mexico at that time. And then I just kind of, yeah, like set up a little fucking mic in my closet. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> No, that's unreal. Like that's, that's high kudos. Cause you know, like you said, like it just kind of happened and like, I could, I could never, like, I like reading books and I like music and shit, but like, I don't have like the courage or the, like, I'm going to put something together and make some music. So, I mean, like, that's just like incredible talent. That's kind of like raw that you just channeled. So kudos, man. That's, that's super impressive. Appreciate that. Yeah. No, yeah, like really appreciate that. So speaking of New Mexico, you kind of, you came out with a song that had, I guess I got 1.9 million views, the uh, junior hockey uh, lifestyle yeah, rap. I mean, when yeah, I was, yeah. when I was younger, I listened to it. I think everyone listened to it. Did you ever think it was going to uh, come up that big? Uh, well, first of all, thank you for listening. Um, <laughs> second of all, obviously not. Um, I, I mean, I didn't know. I mean, this is, there's a lot of factors that made that happen, but you know, this is, keep in mind, this is the beginning of like the social media era. Anyway, this is 2012. Like this is like Instagram. I just come out. Everyone kind of had smartphones at this point. I'm not sure if I had a smartphone yet when that came out. I think I got one like a year later, but like the whole internet thing was just happening. And so I, I wasn't too familiar with like viral or what could be viral and what could it be. I was aware of YouTube and aware of people throwing stuff out there. And then um, I was just making songs that year for fun because I was playing juniors in New Mexico. And, you know, like other than hockey, I didn't do anything. I had plenty of free time and I was never like a Netflix or much of a video game or a reader. So I just kind of was like, fuck it. I'm bringing all my music stuff from San Diego with me to New Mexico. I'm going to record out there as well. And... I don't know. One day I just had an idea. I was like, fuck it. I need to make a song about hockey. And then I just kind of cruised around for beats and found one I liked and then wrote the song. And then I had a house party, played it for the, or no, I played it in the locker room for the boys and they were all lost their shit. They lost their shit. They were like, yo, this song is crazy. And I was like, yeah, it's dope, right? And then like a month later we were, someone was like, we need to make a music video for this. And I was like, I like, you know, I just put out that, 
uh, one in the desert, you know, Dr. Dre's yeah. yeah, I just yeah, put yeah. that one and maybe like one or two videos before that. So I kind of knew like how to put a video on YouTube. I don't know how to make like a music video with combining clips and lip syncing it up. I had no idea. But uh, yeah, we, we all the boys chipped in some money. We went to uh, Best Buy and bought like a hundred dollar fucking HD flip video camera thing. And <laughs> I just, once once that was in motion, I was like, all right, we're just gonna film the lifestyle for like the next couple roadies, and then put something together and throw it out there. Because um, at that time on YouTube, like a bunch of junior hockey programs and schools were like throwing out these like junior hockey like recruitment videos and like trying to paint this image of what juniors is and we would all watch that and be like that is not true at all like i fucking know the guy in that video he's an absolute animal <laughs> wearing a suit wearing a suit and, tie, and we're like okay maybe for sure maybe it's a different story i can't speak for the o or the q or maybe even the ushl but at least in the na there were hella teams pretending they were some like you know whatever so we were like, fuck, we're going to show them the real lifestyle and how motherfuckers really living out here. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. We just kind of uh, filmed that video and um, just tossed it up on YouTube and just woke up the next morning and it was pretty insane. Did you, uh, do you have anyone like anyone hit you up pretty crazy, like famous or anything? Or um, was it just kind of oh, yeah. like the junior? Because I, I mean, I never played junior hockey or really much ice hockey. And I just remember li hearing it and listening to it. And I'm like, dude, I want to play junior hockey, you know, and I <laughs> never even touched the ice. I just play roller. So it was, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, um, Sagan, Tyler Sagan hit me up and told me that during the, when the Bruins were making their cup run, uh, and one of the years in playoffs, they were bumping in the locker room. And he like <laughs> messaged me. It was like, the song is sick. This was like, a couple months after it was I think it was the year that song came out and the Bruins were in the playoffs and he like messaged me. Yeah. Um and then like I've had a couple other like NHLers like over the year, like Biz Nasty. Me and him like communicated for a few years on Twitter. Um and he was just like, you know, he said he wants me to come on like their podcast and all this stuff, but it just never happened. Um yeah, it's just like pretty pretty weird, like how much attention that got. I, I wasn't like ever prepared for that really. And I never really, to be honest, I never really liked it. I was, I was never like a super, it's like, it's fucking weird. It's like, it's like, it's like when your birthday and like you're the center of attention. It, it was all like a, sudden, it was a for the boys type thing. And all of a sudden it turned into like something way bigger than that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hit the nail on the head. It was for the boys, for my team, and then it became way bigger. And I embraced it for, you know, a couple of weeks because it was really fun and crazy. And then, like, it just became like, oh, shit, what did I just do? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, I would get, for example, I'll never forget when I was in Dallas, Texas, we had an away game playing against the Texas Tornado. I got a penalty and I was sitting in the penalty box and it was like half of the fucking stadium left their fucking seats and surrounded the box like I was a zoo animal and were taking selfies and pictures and shit and I was just like fucking hell and obviously it like didn't look good for like my coaches you know who were like yeah. their job is to, their, their job is to like put players on to the next level to the USHL or to college and like I had this fucking giant like cloud following me and it became a thing like where every fucking rink I went to people knew when we were arriving and like my coaches would get mad at me. And even though I didn't really do anything wrong, it would just be like, people would interrupt my teammates, my coaches, like they would knock on our locker room door. Like, Hey, uh, is Chuck in there? Like, 
And it was just like, fuck off. We just lost. We just got pumped. We got a 15 hour bonus ride home. <laughs> it just became, it became a whole fucking like fiasco. I mean, obviously there's a lot of good that came with it as well, but low key, I never really. A lot, a lot of under the surface stuff that like people don't really like recognize. That people, that people never saw. I was like yeah. I was 19, 20 years old. And then all of a sudden I was like struggling with like who I was like identity wise. Like I was like, it's just hard to like have all that happen all at once and then like try to act normal. Like my, I had a lot of friends that were like, ah, oh, you think you're, you know, you think you're cooler than me, us now. Like, you know, like I, it was weird. Like I lost friends right now. I don't know if it was like envy or like jealousy. Like it was just, people started acting different around me. People started like, I started dealing a lot with like fake conversations before favors, you know, like, People, you know, like, hey, man, how you been? Oh, nope. I got this company, by the way. Uh, you mind you mind tossing this up? It's like, you ain't, you haven't hit me up in a year. Now you want, like, a shout-out. So, like, life became really weird. So I, like, decided I had to, like, distance myself from all that. And, yeah. Been I don't know. Super transitional part of your life being a 18, 19, 20-year-old, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like we're trying to figure the world out, and then I have that shit going on. I was like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, you had mentioned that like Novak was hitting you up. Uh, like, did you did you ever play against Krobes in the NA? I think he played for Odessa. Uh, yeah, I played against I played against him. Yeah. Connor I, Hellebuck. Connor Hellebuck was their goalie in Odessa. Helle, Helle was their goalie too. Oh, he got drafted. You know that Rob? Yeah, I remember that he got drafted too. That yeah. uh, it's like this huge thing. Yeah. Yeah, and Anthony Anthony Stolars. Anthony Stolars was the goalie where I played in Corpus Christi. He got drafted oh, to the Flyers. Yeah, I remember he's been playing games in Philly. Yeah, there's been a lot of like weird, random like goalies from the NA that like got drafted when I was down there. I know uh yeah, Hellebuck was playing in Odessa, which was the worst team in the league. They were bottom of the fucking south. And he was letting in seven goals a game. At, with like sixty shots is what Krogs told yeah. me. With yeah, a with with a shitload of shots. Still yeah. on paper, when you look back, you're like, that guy got drafted. Like they sucked. But when <laughs> you look on paper, it's like, oh, that guy just had eighty nine shots that game. <laughs> still, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's an NHL All Star now. He was playing in yeah. Odessa. It's, it's, it's nuts. Shout out, man. Shout out nuts. I lived I lived with Krogs my last uh, semester at Lindenwood. I lived at his parents' house on Lake St. Louis. It was pretty unreal. So oh, cool. when you said I, I know Noves and Krogs pretty well. Uh, Cinco de Mayo, my last year at Lindenwood, was just a complete like stupid day. It went on for way too long. I was in Novak's basement, just crushing tequila with his dad and wow. good people. <laughs> good people. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah, those are the boys. Yeah. So I, uh, so speaking of, you know, the null and moving on to, I uh, see you played in Sweden, uh, in like 2013, 2014 played ice there. How was, uh, how was that experience? It was really cool. Yeah. I had a lot of fun there. Was it, what part, uh, Sweden? Uh, well, part I was in a place called Pronos is like in Småland, which is like a region of Sweden in like the South central area, like two hours Southwest of Stockholm. Okay. Yeah, just a beautiful little tiny yeah. village town. Like, you know, maybe, I don't know, probably like 20,000 people live there. And, you know, like all they have is the hockey team. Like, it's really cool. How cold is it there during winter? 
Oh, it's brutal. Yeah. It's like, you don't, you know, once the first snowfall hits, you don't see the grass till, you know, springtime and you don't really see the sun. Yeah. You don't see the sun. Man, there were like days where I would wake up at like eight in the morning and go to practice. It's pitch black. Like the sun in the, in the dead winter, sun wasn't rising till like 10 and then by 4 p.m., 3 p.m. It was static. Sunset. Dude, yeah, insane. because I was, I was only, yeah, because Sweden is cut in half by the polar circle. And if you're living on the other side of the polar circle, north of it, at one point in the winter, you have 24 hours of straight darkness. Um, if you're living below the polar circle, obviously, incrementally, that you don't have full 24 hours. So I was two hours south. I think the darkest day we had there was like, yeah, like the sunrise at 10 and by like maybe two, it was pitch black. So we, we got like four or five, six hours in sunlight and that was it. Damn. So that was kind of depressing, but the people in Sweden are really amazing and it's a really amazing culture and they love hockey. And so that kind of made it up for the shitty weather. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a fan of winter. So that's uh man, that's I mean, yeah, you, <laughs> you're from San Diego. So yeah, that's uh, a, <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, I, 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 I toughed it out for the experience for the boys and all that. But, uh, Looking back, I was just like, oh, man, that was tough. Like, it was depressing for sure some days. <laughs> so you've been uh, playing in Spain for the last four years, playing in the uh, Liga Elite. How's that been? How, uh, how much fun have you had over there? Yeah, I mean, it's been a ride for sure. I never thought I'd be playing in Spain or being pl- playing inline. I was just played inline as like a, a, a summertime thing with my boys in San Diego that's how I kind of grew up playing. And then, you know, like the past, I don't know, Joe Norris moved his ring from the South side of San Diego to like kind of near my hometown. And all my boys got fired up again in 2014. We restarted the hosers and we were like playing at the local rink. And then like one year we were like, dude, let's do the Narch thing. Like, let's go. And so we started entering into Narch for a couple of years. We still kind of go under Maven, uh, you know, Maven. Yeah. 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 Wait, doesn't your brothers play with them as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, a lot of our elite guys ended up, you know, like, moving on to, like, elite-level ice hockey. You can't play with us anymore. So, I, I, we can't really hang out pro anymore. But how did, how did the opportunity come about of getting to go over and play in Spain? Uh, well, it happened because, like, uh, I don't know. I hit up Steph David. I was playing ice hockey in the Czech Republic. And, you know, I went back. I went back home for the summer. And I was like, that fucking sucked. Like, I had the worst year of my life. Um, I was like kind of hating ice hockey because I didn't play it all that year. Um, it was really hard year on my body. Came back to San Diego, ripped a summer of roller with the hosers. And, you know, it was like kind of like, I really like roller hockey. Like it kind of sparked a fire back in me. That summer I went to uh, State Wars in Indiana with uh, Verbero with like Eton and Wax and Junior and Jerry. No. Nope. You, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like 2016. We ended up losing our goalie. Yeah, we ended up losing our goalie. Something happened like the day before the journey. So we we picked up, I don't know, some like 18U kid or some local kid. And we ended up just getting pumped the whole journey. But we had a really good team. But anyways, yeah, so kind of got like a fire spark back in me that summer for roller. And I was like, man, like, I don't want to go back to the Czech Republic. I had a two-year contract there. And I had to go back for a second year. And for training camp, I didn't report. And the coach called me like, where are you? And I was like, I'm not going back there. Fuck that. <laughs> not so coming back. I tried, I tried, 
Yeah, I tried to play ice hockey like in the SPHL for a little bit. Um, and I spoke with some clubs over the phone and they were like, yeah, like you're under contract elsewhere and no one's going to buy you out. So I was like, okay, so I just won't play hockey this year. Went home to San Diego, just kept ripping roller with the boys until like December. I was like missing, uh, I was missing hockey a lot. And, um, I was like, oh yeah, dude, my friends play like roller hockey in Europe. Let me, uh, let me contact those guys. So I just contacted Steph Davis. Spanish inline hockey league legend, California kid. Um, I was like, yo, what's, what's good with Spain? Like, what's up with that league? And he was like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I was like, can you get me out there? He's like, no, it's middle of the season. I was like, all right, for sure. And then, like, two weeks later, he just messaged me. like, holy shit, the Canary Islands just fired two players from Finland and they're looking for players. Do you want in or out? You got to answer me now. And I, and I was like, where? He's like, Canary Islands. I was like, what the fuck is that? Is that Spain? He was like, yeah. Google it. I Google Maps it. It's like these little islands off the coast of Africa. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm in. Sign me up. Let's go. <laughs> and I thought I was just going over there for like one year and then go back to ice, but kind of fell in love with the game. Fell back in love with roller hockey, baby. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. man. So, I, know, I don't know if you know Alex McDonald, but that's where he's playing at now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't it like three days, like travel from there to get back to California? Like that's how uh, located it is. Two days. It's, okay. I mean, it's it's pretty remote. I mean, it's like the Hawaii of Spain, I guess. Like geographically speaking, you know, it's like it's like a chain of islands that aren't relatively anywhere close to Spain, but somehow historically speaking, were conquered by Spain, and it's, it's Spain. <laughs> and so, like logistically, you guys, when you play for that team, you have to fly everywhere, correct? Like you have yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah or you're yeah, on the yeah, road. Yeah. Getting on a flight because you're on an island. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm doing that right now. I'm on an island right now as well. There's two island teams in this league, but my okay. island is like I'm. This is like it's just like a little island right off the coast of Barcelona. And it's like 20 yeah. minute flight to go play those games. 30, 45 minutes to go to Madrid. It's pretty close. Uh, but down there, man, it's like you got to wake up four in the morning on game days, get your ass to the airport, which is like a 45 minute drive from the city, and then you get to the airport, and then yeah, it's like three-hour flight to the mainland, yeah. And then if they're playing against us, if they're playing against us, they have to do a three-hour flight to the mainland, Madrid, and then connect from Madrid and come to us. So, Holy shit. Playing for that team, it's, like, it's the best situation in the league for sure. Like, the weather is just – it's, like, right near the equator, man. It's off the coast of Africa. It's just T-shirt off all year. Um, it's just a really good situation down there. The only shitty part is the travel. Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah. Oh, that does sound yeah. pretty cool. Oh. Well, yeah. we could, uh, go, go ahead. Sorry. I was, I was going to say, yeah, playing Amac, Go ahead. Amax to Beauty. Amax to Beauty. He's playing down there this year. McDonald. Oh, we got to um, get him. I fucking love Amax. He's the man. Yeah, he's a beauty. I, n- I never really got to know him until him uh, coming to this league. He, he, he like, messaged me and uh, was like, yeah, I'm coming to play in the Canaries. And so, like, I never really met him before until we played against him. And then... We went out for some drinks or whatever. Um, yeah, had, he's cool. He's a cool guy. Good dude. A real good dude. Um, yeah. No, we can kind of move past international stuff. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Street Ducks. The Street Ducks. Ah, it's yeah. a gang of beauty. <laughs> Those are the boys. Um, so like, shout out to Ducks. What was that? How did that, like, all come to fruition? Like, how did the Street Ducks start? Um, 
man, I don't know. It's it's like the same thing. It's like I want to start a rollerblading gang. <laughs> it's just like that's just what we were doing. We were just rollerblading the boardwalk every fucking day, ripping around town, drinking forties. This is like 2013 through 2000, <laughs> up until like two years ago. You know, probably like four straight summer we were ripping, and then we became kind of like boardwalk regulars. We would see them all the time and pass them, and they would pass us. And people like that lived on the house by the boardwalk started to remember us because we would pass every day. And we're it's just a gang of like five to ten of us wearing jerseys, smashed playing disco music on the Bluetooth speaker, like 70s disco, <laughs> Earth, Wind, Fire, Cool. We have a Street Ducks, we have a Street Ducks playlist on Spotify, and it's just all stuff like that, like, with this groove, what you can do with my life, like we were just we were just getting it like disco roller we loved that vibe and so like we would all carry back backpacks full of vodka beer and just would, that was like our favorite thing to do like i don't know like we're hockey players so like we, we like skating and it's like a good exercise get some sunlight listen to music but like we didn't we, we don't really care about the bar life uh like going into bars and dropping like all this money to like have fun um, we did, we all did that when we were like 21 and then we were just like, fuck that. And we started like just drinking on the boardwalk and rollerblading up and Making down. Making your dude. Yeah. And we used to like pull up to sets of chicks, like on, on the blades, do like a sick power slide right at the bottom. <laughs> and, uh, and like it worked every time because there's something, uh, there's something attached to rollerblading in today's culture where it's like goofy or corny. And I get it, but like, exactly. Girls love it. Like other dudes love to hate on it. You know, if you're outside of the hockey world, they love to be like, oh, you fucking nerd. But like the chicks love it. And so we kind of just, we kind of just rode with it. And then obviously watching Mighty Ducks and stuff, we just, I don't know how it happened. We just started calling ourselves the the street ducks. And then started, you know, just just like the, you know, kind of like the cookie thing. Just kind of started Oh shit! Started posting videos and people started really liking it and just kind of posting more and more and more and then it just kind of blew up out of nowhere. We started like making shirts and all this stuff. It was fun. Yeah, no, that was. Uh, um, I remember following it along and you know just seeing it because it's hilarious. I was like, dude, this is absolutely because me and my boys like we'll cruise oh, yeah. downtown Denver and you know it's it's you know it's relatable. It's, fun. it's, so, it's so fun just lacing up the jets and cruising around with your boys, just acting silly, have you know catching a little buzz. I really miss those days, you know, and now, you know, everyone's kind of scattered, you know, people are, uh, you know, we're, we're, this is, this is back when we were, you know, 21, 22, we were doing it all the time. We still get together like once or twice a summer, but man, at one point we were hitting the fucking boardwalk like three nights a week. Like just, it was just <laughs> it was great. <laughs> um, well, speaking of Jets, I've only seen you play like a handful of times. There was one time I think you were playing for the Surge in Detroit in like 2000. Yeah. 15 yeah, yeah, yeah. but man i just remember watching you like you got some wheels you had long ass hair then too you had hair like down your back but you gotta i just felt my flow for the first time in 10 years like i've had really degree yeah I, I just cut it like a couple weeks ago i had to change it up but yeah anyways what were you saying about uh the surge tournament you got some jets dude like i mean is that just mm. from always having skates on your feet and blading around all all over Probably. I mean, yeah, I grew up, I grew up blading around San Diego. Um, like I actually grew up before Joe's rink playing on like a tennis court. Uh, there was like this little league in El Cajon, San Diego. It was like a tennis court kind of thing. 
with like we put hockey nets on it and it was like a little like mom and pop kind of league on the east side of San Diego and that's where like I grew up and got my start for like the first couple years and I was there like all day every day and then like around my neighborhood just rollerblading everywhere so I don't know I maybe I just I don't know maybe I was just born with like good legs like or, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, really, I don't really know. Like that's always been my strength, though, for sure. Um, definitely ice hockey. Definitely, um, you know, moving around the ice hockey world and uh, playing for really good clubs and good coaches over the years uh, definitely helped. We've had certain teams I played for. We've had like skating instructors like come in and like really teach us how to really do the crazy like footwork and all that stuff. We'd spend whole practices without pucks. Yeah. So that we developed the skating, I guess. Um, yeah, man, Alkali Surge. That was a uh, shout out. Shout out, my boy uh, Kenny. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Tenzi. Yeah, yeah, the pink chimp. Uh, he was a he was a great dude. He played for the Alkali Surge, and he was the one that invited me to come to come play for them. Um, we we had uh, become boys over you know a couple summers playing roller hockey against each other, and he was like, "You got to come play with me at this tournament in Taylor, Michigan, with the, with the Surge." And I was like, I'm down, dude. And uh, yeah, man, rest in peace to that beauty. Great roller, dad. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. That's coming up on what, like two years now or something like that? Like, yeah, that was yeah, yeah. that was super shocking and unfortunate, dude. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, him and I had a couple of interactions that summer, too, in Atlanta and uh, when Narch was there. And so for everything, just like a couple months after that to happen, it was like, I was thinking about that the other day, too. I was just like, man, like, how crazy is it? You know, like, Tenza isn't around. Yeah. But, you like, yeah. rest in peace, condolences to the family and everything. It's two years two years now coming up, and it's still just like, Surreal. what the hell, man? You know? Um, so, you've traveled yeah. a lot through hockey and uh, through, I guess, maybe because of music and stuff. And I've seen that you travel, like, all over the world, and you've mixed with a bunch of different cultures. And I was looking through your Instagram and I saw you, um, Amazon Shaman, um, the traditional medicine. Could you like speak? Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, um, past couple of summers I've been. So what is it? Hold on first. What, it, what, it, it's a medicine? Yeah. Traditional medicine. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I've been going to like Central and South America the past couple of summers, just kind of diving into like that, just different kind of culture. It's a little more crazy down there. And I like that. <laughs> um, so we went to Ecuador and we like wanted to go see a shaman. And a shaman yeah. is basically a traditional medicinalist, like someone who heals through traditional medicine, someone who's had proven methods and they're like very deeply rooted in the, in the plant medicine spiritual world and so we were we were down in the amazon part of ecuador uh for a couple of days and then the guy we were with was like do you want to go see a shaman and we, and we were like kind of like we know they're like super legendary like super and i'm i'm, I'm an herb nerd i'm really into herbs like i'm i'm a I, I wish i could show you right now but i have a whole shelf of all sorts of herbs like i'm an herb nerd for life i love it um <laughs> So I was like, I got to do this. I got to do this. Let's go. So we, we like, we, we were already six hours deep in the jungle on a dirt road. And then from there, we had to take a boat down this fucking river for like two hours, pulled up to this village. And then we hiked through this village. And at the back of the village, there was like this cabin. It was like out of a movie. And there was like this legendary dude. <laughs> just, yeah, just like, just like, like in a movie, like a Gandalf character, like 
but he was he was like kind of like this fatter fellow like kind of like just like had like this little like beard and he, he was just kind of like had this legendary aura about him and he just told us like a lot of stories of like people that have come to him with serious diseases that diseases we're familiar with in the modern day world and he straight up looked me in my fucking eye and was like i cured them with plants and i was like what this is crazy and uh so yeah we went and saw him and he like cleansed our energy and did these full like head to toe really spiritual experience he shot like uh tobacco hope it hope hope like up our noses uh, he, he had like this flute device and you just go and like shoot it right up your nose <laughs> And I'm like, what is this? He's like, don't worry. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, he was just, he just said like, don't worry. I'm connecting you with the spiritual world. I was like, great. Like, <laughs> he's like, just relax. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, but it ended up being very relaxing. And then after that, he like offered ayahuasca. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah. yeah. I heard of that. Um, and I was like, oh man, no, I got places to be. I can't be shit uh-huh. my pants and throw three days in the jungle fuck that and i was like is it possible like, i can't do that i got shit to do i was like so i was like is it possible to like you know like it, just take a little fucking piece and feel a little bit and he's like yeah like you maybe won't get too fucked up and i was like sure so we all took a little bit and it like put me in a super uh just i felt very cleansed and it just put me in a, a really loving humble state i guess Oh, right now is the eight o'clock clap here in Spain where everyone's bring, bring us outside. Bring us outside. Right. outside. Let's hear it. Here in Spain, everyone claps at eight o'clock for the hospital workers and the employees. That is unreal. Can you hear that? Sick. I can. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Spain's been hit pretty hard with this whole Corona thing, and it's like pretty cool to see all the people, like you know, coming together and supporting their people. We, we talked to Shavo uh, like a week or so ago and it was pretty, like he was kind of opening my eyes a little bit too about how like these people who are working at hospitals and offices and stuff like they can't even be around their family because they're like around the virus all day every day. So like that put it in perspective to me of like how serious, you know, like this all, all really is and how intense it is. So talking about kind of how you said during the summers you're going to uh, these different places and exploring um, you, is it called clean water that you've been uh, going down? Is it Guatemala and Ecuador? Oh yeah. 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 Um, so two guys I used to play junior hockey with in New Mexico actually started a company called vivid roots where basically they implement clean water filtration systems down in Guatemala and do other like various projects that are needed. And it was like two of my junior hockey buddies started this company and, I've just been supporting them from day one and they've uh, hired me to go down there two summers in a row and uh, like organize a group and go down there and just put in some work for people down there. So I, last year you uh, posted on your Instagram, you had like a crazy experience, like an allergic reaction. Was that during that time? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I almost died last summer. Yeah. That's wild. Well, I'm glad you're here with us. Um, Yeah. Me too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm like really allergic to shellfish and yeah, I just ate some shrimp at a dinner on accident. I was, we were like, we were celebrating, like, I forget what we were celebrating, but basically we were hammered, like blacked out off tequila 
And then we had like a, you know, one of those drunk summer dinners outside on some river called uh, Rio Dulce in like the very southern end of Guatemala, right by the border of Belize. It's like pretty much middle of nowhere. Like there's no like infrastructure for like healthcare or like restaurants or anything. It's just like little jungle villages. And yeah, I just kind of accidentally like took a bite of my friend's plate. I was like, yo, let me get a bite. He was like, sure, whatever. And it was like, I thought it was chicken Alfredo, but it was like, it was like Alfredo sauce with pasta noodles, but with shrimp. And I, oh. I took one of the shrimp and it was chicken and I ate it. And then like five minutes later, I started like being like, you know, like, <laughs> like just like having to spit and getting itchy. And then my friends were like, yo, you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just allergies. You know, like I thought it was the usual, whatever. And then it just like blew up. Like in five minutes, my whole face like blew up. And then my friends freaked out. And then when I immediately knew what it was, I like my heart sank into my stomach because I haven't eaten this in like 10 years. Like I haven't worried about this because I'm not that stupid to risk my life. So like it was an accident and I fucking didn't have an EpiPen. And I was in the middle of nowhere here in the jungle. And that's when it really hit me. I was like, oh shit, this could be very serious. So my dumb ass is like, well, my only hope is to take some allergy pills, I guess, because I have nothing else going for me right now. Someone please call 911. So someone calls 911, but we're like, we don't even know what 911 is, where we are. Like, if it's a thing, like, you know, we got help from local. We didn't know who was going to come for me or help me or when. And I'm starting to panic at this point. I'm losing my, my breath every minute my breathing is getting worse and worse and worse. My lungs were closing up, my whole face was swollen up. And I took some allergy pills. Right after I take them, and I hate taking pills. I, I don't like taking pills, why I'm an herb nerd. Um, but I take these pills because I'm like, I have no other choice. And then I fucking read on the box, do not mix with alcohol. And I'm like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> And you're like, like my numbers, like, I, well, I was blacked out and I was like, I need Claritin or something. And like, they, they didn't have Claritin, but it was some like Guatemalan pills. And then on the box, it just said like, whatever, don't mix with alcohol. And I was like, oh, fuck me. And I took like two or three of those things. And but now I'm, now I'm panicking off an overdose from that, but also an allergic reaction. And I'm completely hammered in the middle of nowhere. So like I'm, my anxiety is killing me at this point. It's making it worse. And yeah, so I'm sitting on a bench. It's like, you know, 100 degrees out. It's so hot, humid, just jungling mosquitoes everywhere. And there's no sound of sirens. I know where I was, middle of nowhere. I was like, man, like this is getting really bad. And I start getting to a point where I'm getting a breath in like every minute, like, like barely getting uh, a good breath in. And then it got really scary to a point where I told like everyone that was around me to leave. Like, cause everyone was surrounded around me and I told them I just wanted to be with my brother and I didn't want anyone else around me. And at that point I started to accept that I was maybe going to die because I could, I literally couldn't breathe. And I was, starting to feel myself like the oxygen lack of oxygen having an effect on my brain i was starting to feel myself like kind of like you know that when you stand up too fast and you kind of see stars i was seeing that and so i just wanted to be around my brother 
and just like be with him if these are my final moments. And in those five minutes, when I started losing my breath and I was taking my gasping for my last breaths, I don't even remember this. Someone just like picked my head up and jammed some tubes up my nose. And it was the, the medic and they hooked me up to oxygen and that saved my life. Holy shit. Wow, man. Yeah. That's a pretty, that's a crazy story. Yeah. And then they carried me away to like some garage, like they didn't have a hospital. I literally went to some, like someone's garage where the medic lived and it was him and his homies were playing poker and drinking Jack Daniels and smoking on a car table while I was sitting at the fucking poker table hooked up to the oxygen and the guy that brought me there was the guy that was in charge of watching me and i'm st- i'm sitting here like i'm gonna fucking die like the oxygen can only help so much for an aller- allergic reaction it did save my life but still i was still battling an allergic reaction that was attacking my whole system and so i'm sitting there in this like garage these dudes are like playing poker and like every two minutes they turn around and be like awa you need water like you good and they just like kept checking on me, making sure I didn't die. I guess they had some like, what's it called, resuscitator things there. Like it was like a it was like a makeshift garage slash fire. They had like fireman tools there and like yeah. medical supplies, I guess. But it was real bootlegged. Um, so basically, they were going to give me like some kind of like shot. I think they were going to give me a, some fucking shot or some pill. And my brother was like, No, 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 he's drunk. And they were like, oh, fuck, we can't give you this pill or this or whatever they were going to give me. And so they just told me, like, you're just going to have to sit on the oxygen and hope your body can fucking fight it out. That's all we can do. I'm thinking, like, dude, I just took pills already. I'm drunk. Like, this is not – I'm still panicking, but at least now I can breathe. Yeah. Um, And then after, like, three hours of sitting there, my brother just – like, I was feeling better, kind of. My brother goes, are you sure you're not just drunk now? And I was like, I don't know. I take out the fucking thing. I try to stand up. I was like, oh, shit, bro. I'm faded. Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. And that was it. I mean, I went home. I, you know, I just slept really well. And it was pretty fucked up experience. <laughs> well, man, I'm glad you're all right. That's a wild. Uh, that's a that wild is story. real, man. That's, yeah, it was very well. I'm glad to be here, boys. Thanks. <laughs> no shellfish around Chucky. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of your brother, I uh, I saw that you and your brother got did like a uh, Muay Thai fighting thing in Thailand for like. Oh yeah, yeah. How did that even? How did that even come about? How did you guys end up doing that? Um, we were just traveling around like, I don't know, like we just planned for like two years, like, okay, this summer we're just going to fucking send it. Like whatever happens, happens. And we were kind of bouncing around, bouncing around Europe, like a beach ball to Nickelback concert for six weeks. And then, <laughs> and then, and then we like, we were like, let's go to Dubai. And we went to Dubai on Ramadan on accident. We didn't even fucking know. So we weren't even allowed to like eat food or drink water. Yeah. Like dead ass. You can get arrested. Like you cannot eat food or drink water on Ramadan okay. until sunset. Okay. Yeah. So we were like, okay, fuck this. Let's get out of here. And then we went to Thailand. And um, I don't know. There's like these boxing bars in Thailand where like it's pretty fucking genius, but also would never fly in the States. But from a marketing and business standpoint, this is the most genius bar idea I've ever seen in my life. And they have plenty of them in Thailand. They're called boxing bars. And it's basically a shit show dive bar with a boxing ring in the middle. 
and they literally just go around with signs or talking to people at the bar saying, hey, do you want to fight? If you fight, we give you free booze for the rest of the night. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so you get yeah. free booze for the rest of the You get free well, I mean, it's not for the rest of the night, but they give you a bucket that better last you for the rest of the night. It's literally a bucket with like a shit. It's like twenty beers, and then like they give you like these weird, like adios motherfucker drinks or whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you get this. You get to see drunk, like absolute drunk people go to town on each other. It's the funniest Dude. thing I've ever seen. And me and my brother were in there, like we just stumbled in there. We're like, this is sick. And then once we found out we could fight, I was like, yo fight me and my brother is like i'll fight my brother goes i'll fight you if seth green doesn't want to fight me first seth green the fucking actor was there at the bar no way dude he was on vacation and my brother goes up to him he's like hey man what's up like i've seen your movies blah 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 um he's like you want to fight me <laughs> and the dude's like nah you know he's fucking seth green so we're like all right cool so my brother comes back. And like, you got and the second offer. <laughs> yeah, and it was really cool. Like, it's it's real fighting. And it's real. Yes, yeah, it's, it's real. It's really fun. You're hammered, and then afterwards you get free booze. So why not? <laughs> that was an epic fight. I remember watching that, and I was like, "This is the most the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life." Like, I think he was really? he jumped on the ropes too. Like, oh <laughs> uh, like, yeah, yeah. I, did. I wanted my dream since I was little to do like a WWE slam. It was great. And yeah, that was just a, that was a sick trip. My brother got bit by a monkey like two days later and we thought he was going to die of rabies. <laughs> Holy cow. I can't, I can't make this shit up. I swear to God. How'd that, what happened with that, dude? Dude, we, there's like a bunch of monkeys in Thailand and we, there's like a famous like monkey island where all the tourists go and like the monkeys know people and they jump on you and you take selfies. You've seen all the Instagram girls doing that shit. <laughs> this monkey just bit my brother in the fucking forehead and those monkeys are fucking riddled with diseases. And everyone that like goes to like these, these islands, like you're recommended to get like a rabies shot or like a yellow fever shot as well. And we didn't get them. And my brother got bit. And we're all like making jokes, like, yeah, man, stay away from me. You start foaming at the mouth, fool. <laughs> and literally the next morning, he woke up, and I'm, I've never seen him so sick in my life. And he was like, his condition was fading. And we had to hop on a boat and get to the next place we were going where we had to, like a, a hotel booked. And this fool was like nodding off on the boat, like, not good. He like had the craziest fever I've ever felt in my life. And we, he was helpless in a boat for like two hours, just going like this. <laughs> <laughs> and then we arrived to the island and he's just like yeah put him in the hotel room and the ac wasn't working he was like i need air i need air and i was like running around the hotel telling him to fix it because i was thinking my brother's fucking gonna die <laughs> it was insane oh my god <laughs> holy shit man they just keep going you gotta you gotta hang out with me and my bro sometime I think we do. I mean, I'm in for a trip somewhere, man. That's a, uh, sounds like something's going to happen and I'm always in for an adventure. Yeah. Roller dad, roller dad safari. <laughs> roller dad safari. Let's get it going. I'm down, dude. We should, uh, I, I'm so in. That'd be unreal. That'd be a, uh, that'd be a time. Blading around cheetos and stuff. <laughs> Giraffes. Go get uh, Joe Exotic out of the, you know, <laughs> out of the. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. Oh, haven't seen that. Oh, you have to watch it. I know <laughs> everyone. Everyone says that. I go, ah, 
<laughs> you gotta watch it. So I'm really when I get when I when I'm feeling I guess those vibes, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, man, it's a it's a good it's unreal. It's just a different like you think that you've heard it all, and then episode it goes more and more, and it's kind of like your stories. You're that's, like, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. Yeah. Do so you recommend it? Absolutely. The number one thing on on Netflix. I mean. It's unreal. Like, wow. I I haven't watched it yet. I'll just I'll yeah. let you. I haven't watched it. A lot of people have. I haven't. I'll, I'll get there. Wild. Just, like, it's just things that you never would expect to happen happen. And it's yeah, just, it's like, wild. And it starts over stupid shit too. Yeah. <laughs> so you were on Good Morning San Diego. Ah, uh, yeah, or, yeah. Or is that a music video? I mean, that's a. We performed a song that we had like live on Good Morning yeah. San Diego, and it was a oh, song yeah, that yeah. we. That's what I was we did, yeah, we did a music video for that song like three years ago. They're like a Strictly Skunk is like my good friends, like from my neighborhood growing up. They're like a really sick reggae band, and uh, yeah, it's just a song I have with them, and it turned out to be their biggest hit. We fucking just we wrote a killer song, and I don't know how it happened, but. One morning, they were, they were just like, yo, where are you? I'm coming to pick you up right now. I was like, why? They're like, we're going on Good Morning San Diego in 45 minutes, and we're performing that song. And I was like, like the fucking morning weather show? I was like, wow. <laughs> Bro, you, got, you guys, what? What do you mean? Like, we're a fucking reggae band. Half the band members have dreadlocks. Like, what? We're performing on live television? They were like, yeah, man. I don't remember how it happened. There was some, like, weird connection that was going on with, it was really weird. It was like nine in the morning. We're pulling up to Good Morning San Diego. They're like, "Hi, we're with we're with a local band, Strictly Skunk." I wonder what that means. What is, and they, they, they like they gave they gave the microphone to the uh, bongo player. Like, so Strictly Skunk, what does that mean? He goes, "Oh, we're just big animal lovers. We love skunks." <laughs> so obvious, obviously, it's about smoking, but you know, so it's like it's pretty funny, like pretty weird scenario but it was, it was fun it was a cool experience to be on the like the local morning news that like my grandma watches i guess <laughs> yeah. that's wild well hey man it's uh it's awesome to hear these stories i've never heard anything like this like your brother getting bit by a monkey i mean the story of you surviving that was pretty that's pretty epic and awesome um but it was awesome that you took time out of your day to sit down with us. Oh, yeah, that's plenty of it. No worries. I think we should uh, maybe get you and your brother on for one. I think you guys might have a couple uh, need a couple hours oh, yeah. of stories. Oh, yeah. We treated the Spanish legal like a, like a peewee summer camp when he was here. <laughs> rubbed, up, rubbed up people at the bars on the weekend. Uh, you know, we got plenty of stories from, from when he played out here in Spain for that season. Well, man, we're going to have to set something up with you and your brother. We'll get, we'll get round two going with Chucky Slick. And, uh, yeah. man, it was, uh, just want to say, Hey, hope you stay safe out there in Spain. Keep up the videos on Instagram. They're keep, keep me on it <laughs> and, uh, stay safe out yeah. there. Man, right, thanks, for me, I, I mean, like I, I've heard of you. I, I haven't like gotten to know you, obviously, and this has been super enlightening. So it's really nice to get to know you, and thank you for taking some time out of your uh, your Spain schedule to hang out and shed some light on your life with us. And that was that was Ooh, a fun, yeah. fun interview, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Appreciate yeah, it. Boys, thank you. I will get into this now. So we're okay. back with the uh, RD and Roller Trivia segment of the podcast. We got Griffin here, the reigning champ, versus Kyle Aldrich. How you boys doing today? Good. Good. Ready to dice Griff? 
Oh, Griff, you're getting already chirped already. How do you feel about that? I'm not worried about it. Griff, are you wearing a shirt? Like, why don't you? Why are we just seeing the top shirt. of your head? All right, there you go. <laughs> All right. So, for you guys that do, for you guys that do know the rules or don't know the rules, it's pretty simple. It's the best out of three. We'll put the multiple choice up on the screen, and I'll uh, explain the questions, and you guys can answer it. You have ten seconds to answer it, or you can answer it. Um, say you're ready, Kevin. Do you want to read your ans- your guys's questions, or do you guys want me to read them all? I'll, I'll read my question. Yeah, I'll read mine too. Cool. So you guys, Kevin, yours is up first. All right. All right, boys. Who is the owner slash operator oh, of Ryan oh, I'm ready. To Darren, the Lord Goodwin. I'm ready. Given the Alex Carson, Rick Hatch, Paul Chapey, or Jason Dimitrovich. I'm ready. Wait, uh, uh, who is the second one again? Alex Morrison, Rick Hatch, Paul Chapey, Jason Dimitrovich. Dimitrovich. Mm. Can I answer whenever? No. Wait. We got to wait uh, for Griff. on the clock. He's got like eight seconds. And then you guys are going to say it at the same time. Seven. I, six. I, I, I'm just going to guess. Four. Okay. Uh, you guys so ready to say it? On three. One, two, three. Paul Chapey. Dang. All chapey. There you go. I knew this one would stumble Griff up. Yeah, he's too young. He's too young. Jeez, oh. Griff went down. All right, so for the second question, <laughs> ready, uh, Jordan? To- yeah. In the 2014 NCRHA championship game, Lindenwood won 2 1 over Newman. Who scored the game winner? Cody Cutler, Co- uh, Brendan Lascombe, or Joe Bostick? You guys, are you guys ready? I don't know. I'm going to take a guess. I'm not even ready. All right. You guys All right. On wow. three. One, two, three. Brandon Luscombe? Yeah. Oh, and we, we have a new winner. <laughs> with the diced up. Aldi takes it with the mercy 2-0 over Griff. I'm surprised, boys. I'm not going to lie. I'm super surprised. <laughs> well, I can't, what was the third question? I want to see it. We can see the third question, okay? I'm honestly surprised. I thought Griff had that. You said, yeah, do, I, do I automatically get invited back now? Yeah, you're on the pod now. <laughs> <That's> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Griff's yeah. like, no. I'm not bad, Griff. Sorry. All right, so here, this is just for shits and gigs. This is the third uh this is the third one. What team won the 2013 State Wars Elite Division? Missouri Meltdown. I'm ready. <laughs> A, Palma Cyclones. B, New York Mission Lebeda Snipers. C, Mo Alkali Young Guns. Or D, Mo Meltdown. Meltdown. Didn't you already said br- it, right? I would get Cyclones. Meltdown oh, didn't. Ah, win son, we knocked them out. Yeah. Damn, Sorry, dude. man. I'm going with the California boys. It, didn't Brandon Bowling play that year too? We had big Brandon Bowling on our squad, and he sniped Maris, <laughs> dude. Sick shot. That was a crazy game. I might actually fucking pop that game on. I got nothing yeah, else. They still have, they have it on YouTube? Uh, no, I got these on DVDs. Ooh. <laughs> no, but I don't have a DVD player, so I don't know how I'm going to do it. I do not have a DVD player. It's 2020, dude. I know. I just – Exactly. It's 2020. You can stream everything. What do you, you still have a VCR player? No. <laughs> I have a Wii. 
And for Wii, that's my game. Put in your Wii. Put in the Wii. It's a DVD player. <laughs> you Muppet. You're I such a goalie. I've put Harry Potter in there like five times, and it's not working. I think yeah, Harry Potter's not working. The Star Wars DVD will work. I got a, a Super Nintendo, and I had a Kyle Krunegel over a couple weeks ago before all this started happening. Yeah. I was like, dude, have you ever played Birio Kart? He's never played before. And for those of you that haven't played, you have to – finish uh each lap you have to finish a beer so Dude, that's why driving you got to pull over to the side of the road no yeah. drinking and driving you got to stop and yeah you've never seen it so we played that for a bit but other than that i wish i could get into video games because i'm going crazy not doing anything and video games would take up a bunch of time i just can't do it Dude, that's marley, what I- marley and i have just been crushing mario kart it's been fun <laughs> that, that's the only game we've been playing you even have the wheels, huh, Kev, with the Wii? Yeah. Yeah, buddy. You can get that shit tight. The time I actually heard about it was that, um, I think it was NCRHA uh, <laughs> finals. I was there, and some buddies were friends with, like, the Florida Gulf Coast guys, and they had someone out of house there, and we went over there, and they were all playing burial cart. So that was the first time I heard about it. That's funny, actually. That's awesome. Nick Cafone land. All right, boys. Well, hey, uh, I just want to say thank you guys for joining the RDN segment. Hey, Griffin. Sorry you lost, man. Thank you for joining, though, these last uh, two weeks. Maybe you'll be on again. But Chris, you got to sit out at least three weeks, and then maybe we'll get you back on. <laughs> yeah, we'll, all right. yeah, I got to sit at the end of the bench. But all we, got the you're going to have up. to do some research, though. There's going to be a screening process to get you back on. Like, we're going to ask you, like, five questions, and you have to get, like, four of them right. <laughs> as long as they're not old questions or college questions, I think I can go five for five. That's Dude. all roller trivia, bro. That's, yeah, this yeah. isn't just new. We can't just our... select state wars <laughs> trivia for Griff. We can do narch and tours. Only RHI or pro beach hockey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how you get back on, Griff. Yeah, that is true. So, Griff, yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to th- go through a little screening process. Maybe you can pass it. We'll see. But maybe we'll have like a losers bracket tournament to get back on. Throw CJ and Joy in there with him. Have them all battle that out. Next I don't week. think those two would stand a chance against Griff. Not at all. But so next week we already got it lined <laughs> up. Uh, Kyle Aldrich will be playing Ryan Perry in the. Uh, oh, nice. yeah. So nice. that'll be a, Ooh, that'll be a big okay. One. Yeah, so look forward to that. But Aldi, Griff, thanks for joining. Well, guys, we'll see you guys on the next pod. Yeah, thanks for having me. See you guys. Well, we, uh, I mean, we kind of, we talked a little bit about it amongst ourselves uh, um, a couple weeks ago on Instagram when I was posting some stuff a little more active than I usually am. Um, Coach Dino over uh, over on Long Island, uh, his at handle is at Coach Dino Veroni. Um, go give him a follow. He's always putting a lot of good stuff out. He, uh, he had brought up to me, you know, like what if like black ice and the snipers played a seven game series, which kind of got me thinking like, man, where we would normally be in NHL playoff time right now when seven game series has happened. And now everybody's kind of like just craving it and wishing that, you know, something's got to give here soon, but putting it into the roller hockey realm, uh, I want to ask you guys, who do you think would be like a great seven games roller hockey series? Which two pro teams? Currently or of uh, kind of any time? I mean, like, you can do currently. I, I mean, you say any time, and I only know so, so much, yeah. you know, prior to 2005. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
I didn't know if you were like, you know, we were, we were talking earlier, just like old school teams that are still around. Yeah. But I, um, I'll go first on this one. I think one that last year that we saw at Narch East Coast that in the playoffs drew a lot of attention to people, and then they showed up on Narch West Coast and won it all. And that's two Roadrunners versus Black Ice. I think they're both from New York. You know, they have brothers on each team that, you know, know each other. And those teams play a lot of alike. You know, they match up very well against each other. And that's that's a seven-game series, hands down. That's going to go to seven games, and it's going to – might even come down to overtime. You know, and the seventh game is going to be a three-to-two, two-to-one game. Um, but, you know, you have two goalies, Chinny and um, Keith. You know, that's – those two are studs, absolute studs battling off. You know, the DiMartino's on there battling it off. Del Morte and Halverson on the Roadrunners. You got Crafty and Chavo. It's, it's just it's, – it's loaded for um, everything you'd want in a series. So, I think I'd love to watch that series. And not to mention, they're not going to bore you. It's going to be speed. You know, they're going to be speeding it up and down the court. You know, it's not going to be slow. So, I'd love to see that one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you said it too. Um, Roadrunners, what what was the final? They they blanked Black Ice, right? In that in that uh, March playoff game. Yeah, I don't remember the final score. Maybe like two zero three zero. It was two zero. Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, to me, that was like. And see, they, they, and that was huge. But they didn't even they didn't have Keith then too. You know, Rob Walchuk stood on his head, and he's a. I mean, yeah. to have a backup like that is. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, you and. Uh, you know, Charlie, it's you guys are absolutely, you know, a one two combo punch. You know, you guys can go in there and, you know, still games. And that's how I feel with the Roadrunners. They're a, you know, having Qualchuk and having, you know, Keith, that's that's a nice one two punch. So you don't have to worry and, about a know, lot of things. The and, Roadrunners. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I don't, you know, I don't want to, I think they also have a backup Tendy as well with them playing in pro, a new backup Tendy. So we'll see. Black ice. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, well, the Roadrunners, it was interesting because, you know, they had such highs with Narch. They beat Black Ice in the playoffs. I think – I can't remember who they fell short to the next game. Was it the Border Cats or Alkali? Cat, I, I think it was Border Cats because I think it was – Alkali played Snipers, I think. Okay. Yeah, 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 that's right. So, they, they – they end up losing. They go out to Narch West. They run three divisions. They went pro D1 and junior. So they run three divisions. And then you get to State Wars, and they make the playoffs. They beat us two to nothing or two or something. They blanked us. Um, and then they play a really, really conservative game against Palma, who historically I remember seeing – the Roadrunners before they've they had the confidence they have now, um, you know, tie Palma a couple times in some round robin games, and it always shook things up at these tournaments where you're like, wow, Palma's getting tied by the Roadrunners, like that's kind of nuts. But it happened a couple times, and so it was really weird that in that playoff game at State Wars they took that step back. And I think if I'm mistaken, was Keith hurt? So what happened, I just watched this game, was, and me and uh, Bateman were arguing about this, is what happened is, is Keith got hurt late in the second where 
I believe I don't know the player on Palma, but he got pushed slightly pushed into uh, Keith or rubbed off, and he hit Keith, and Keith buckled his I think it was his knee buckled or his um, ankle. I remember messaging him, and I forgot what he said what happened, but he got hurt. Took time about five minutes off, and you know it was delay a game, and you could tell the rest of the game he was hurt. He stayed in the game, yeah, he did. He was hurt and played still played great. Game went into overtime, and they also – oh, actually, they Palma scored. Travis No scored, and then they ended up coming back. Uh, Roadrunners and tying it, went into overtime, and they ended up winning. You know, in a situation like that, that's – you know, you're – it's a hard decision. I'm not going to say, you know, I don't – I've never been in that type of situation, you know, with getting hurt that late and, you know, the game on the line like that in the Palma Pro. That's huge, you know. So I'm not one to say what I would do, but – and you never know, you know, Rob Kowalchuk, you know, even the announcers, George Brown and Trefty were saying, you know, you, Kowalchuk's a great goalie. An opportunity great. like that, if he's hurt, you have to put him in. Yeah, you absolutely. You have to put him in. And that could change That could change a lot of things, you know, but you always, you know, we all know we're all attendees here, you know. We want to be there for the team. You know what I mean? You're going to tell the coach, hey, put me in. I, I'm staying in. I'm going to win it for the team. The adrenaline's pumping. You don't, you're not listening. You know, it's, it's a whole different scenario. So that's a, um, it's a hard one, but like you said, played conservative too. So they changed that up. Yeah. Just, you know, kind of like they're one of their bigger stages of the summer. Obviously they, they went to the championship at Narch West and won, and, you know, they knocked black ice off at Narch East. Um, but you know, like the last tournament of the summer and it's, it's just, it's interesting that they took such a conservative approach. And I mean, I know Travis was on fire that tournament, literally like he could not be stopped. Yeah. yeah but absolutely. At the same time, like you, like, you know, the best off or the best defense is a good offense. Right. So like, if you're not, you know, kind of pushing the matter a little bit, um, you know, I don't know. So we'll yeah. see, we'll see the Roadrunners again this summer, but yeah, that's a good you one. You also got to think too, like, Look at that defense they're going up against when they have Oleski and Garrett Har back there that are just, I mean, you know, that's hard to get around. You know what I mean? So you kind of have to play a different maybe style than what they're used to to catch them off their edge. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It's but they're uh that team is fun to watch. You know, that's yeah, gonna be a very team. fun team to watch in the future. It's gonna who be would you, who would you boys say in a best of seven? Who do you got? Um best of seven, and you know, we're talking, you know. After, you know, if this is like a Palma Pro at the end of the summer where every team's had their kind of, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big guns, um, big teams. Yeah. I'm going with Black Ice and Seven because the experience and where, you know, they've been in every Palma Pro uh, championship. championship. Yeah. yeah. And that experience. So you have that series going seven games. Black Absolutely. Ice or Okay. All right. Yeah. I'd say I could see Roadrunners jumping out to a 2-0 lead easily, taking that series 2-0, and then Black Ice just coming back because Black Ice is the type of team, Jay Miro is an unbelievable coach, as we know, where he's going to have his boys ready to play, and they're not going to make any mistakes. So Black Ice in seven. I'd say Black Ice in six because I think when they're playing their best hockey, like you said, Jason Miro always has them playing their best hockey. They're one of the best teams in the sport, if not the best team in the sport. So – I would think with their experience and everything. Roadrunners know them so well. I know. It's so true. So true. It's, but they're older. I, don't, I see in six games. It would be a good series. Great series. But All right. I, well, let's move on. Let's move on. Who's next? What would you guys um, want to see? Kev, were you, did you just go or, or is it me? 
Rob, Rob went. Do you you uh, got you got yours, or you want me yeah, to go? I can go next. Uh, the next two teams I think would be good. We just saw them in the Narch East Coast uh, Finals. I think the Border Cats and uh, Alkali RPD or Ravel. Alkali Ravel. Yeah, it would be. Uh, be mad at you for great, that. Great matchup. It'd be two hard teams. They both play strong. Both play fast. And they both got good goaltenders back there: Jason Strauss and Jacob Robinson and Zach Lane and whoever else they has as their backup. Cam Johnson, if yeah. they, yeah. So I mean, I think it's a really good matchup, yeah. straight up and down. No doubt. No, those teams have definitely uh, over the years. I, I think if you even ask the guys on Alkali, um, the Border Cats have kind of gotten the best of them. You know, for a couple a couple of years, couple round robin games where the border cats got, uh, you know, on top of them. Um, I remember, I think 2000 and 2016 or 2015, one of those years, me, Cody, Kettler, um, Krogs, we drove up to Detroit, uh, for Midwest wars. We played the border cats in the championship and Lemke put one in to, uh, to, to win it. Um, and that was a two to one game, but you know, same thing again, like the fact that I think we were going to touch on it too. There's a little bit of a Detroit connection there. A couple was Detroit or a couple Detroit guys on Alkali. I actually counted it. And I think, well, from Palma pro last year was like nine on the border cats and only two on Alkali, but it seems like more, but it's only, I think it's only two. on. Alkali. Yeah. It's, it, it kind of has that in-state feel of like a game and a rivalry and stuff. So those, those teams. I, I there's another game. I think it was. Uh, I think it was at Tours. Um, Can't forget the coach. He's from what? Cooks from Detroit. Yeah, Detroit too, and he he knows a lot of those guys on the Border Cats, obviously. So um, there was one you year played with them too. I can't remember if it was – it had to have been Tours. I don't think it was State Wars. I don't think it was Palma Pro. I think it was Tours. Um, the Border Cats beat Alkali like in overtime. Uh, in like a quarterfinal or something like it was a shock it was crazy um and whoever it was it might have even been perry before perry was on alkali i just remember him because you know how taylor is when you're sitting you've got those seats oh yeah that was actually the they went to the championship that year the border cats they put the snipers i believe really i believe you're talking about hold on well what what was the year where the border cats beat the snipers in the round robin I mean, was that two years ago? Is that what you're talking about? Or was that three years ago? No, this 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 was Torres. I'm pretty positive this was Torres in like 2014 or something yes. like. Yeah, they went to the championship. The Border Cats did. Yeah, they played the Snipers. Cause cause the assault. I was playing with the assault. We played the Snipers one year too. Okay. Um, but I I think it might have been Perry. It was I know it was a righty. They came off that wall that like you can sit by, like you're by you're like on the bench's side and everything. And whoever it was just toe dragged hard. And I think Pat Lee was still playing. I don't know if it was Pat Lee who dove, but like somebody got towed really really hard and then walked in and um, put it five hole. And I just remember like. Part of the rink was silent, and part of the rink, like, there's just a bunch of, like, woos, and it was it was a shock. It was a huge shock. So that that rivalry does run pretty deep. There's uh, there's a lot of good games between those two teams since Alkali um, has been a little bit more of a household name. So that's a good pick, Jordan. Yeah, and especially with the Border Cats, that they have a chemistry where they've been playing together for a long time, a lot of those players. 
they're all, like you said, they're from Detroit. And then you look at it, Alkali, they have, they've been playing together forever as well too. You know, they have a couple additions here, you know, like Phelps adding this year, um, big addition. So those two teams, they have their squads. They don't add a lot of different people or lose any. And um, so it's always a battle, you know, you don't see a lot of new faces. And I think that's why you see that rivalry, not a rivalry, but you see that good competition against each other because they know each other so well as well. They play a lot of light too, you know. They're, yeah, exactly. they're they play a lot of light. teams with great goaltenders too. Those that's another match that look at is attendees too. Yeah, those two uh, are no. Was I going to say the Border Cats are going to be in a weird transitional period here soon? I think so, from rumblings I've heard is some of their older guys are not as like committed or kind of like into it as they were as these younger guys are now. Yeah. So uh, and. And especially, I mean, we talked to Hawkins about it, and, and you know, we'll get to it here soon, and we're going to talk to more Dumars boys. But um, with Dumars closing, I mean, what does that do for, you know, that team and, and the guys? You know, obviously they've got Glover and Soper who are, you know, Canadians on that pro team. But it, it's just an interesting topic to kind of, you know, speculate where where their direction might be headed. Absolutely. It's uh, like you said with Dumars closing down, it's absolutely – that sucks. Um, you know, we'll get in a little about a little more about that later. But Kevin, who's your uh, who's your two teams? Who would you like to see in a series? I got a throwback. I got a classic, and I'm sure some people classic. know. Uh, it's it's hard not to go with the Tor Mudcats and the uh, Labeda Palma Cyclones. Like these are two pro teams that have been playing in the pro roller hockey division. Um, for a long, long time. I'm not going to put, you know, a year number, probably about like 12. Probably longer than that. Could be 20 years even, you know, that that, that, that kind of rivalry has been around and that those round robin and those playoff matchups have existed. Um, playing with the Mudcats a little bit and, and knowing Yoder from, from living here in Colorado since he's moved here. <laughs> I remember one year he, uh, when we were in Hawaii, um, and Alkali and Pama would do their combine for like those winter teams. So this was spring break, uh, the year of 2013 or no, I'm sorry, 2014. And, uh, we all went out to Hawaii and we lost in the championship to the Alkali Pama Cyclones. And I remember Yoder always saying, uh, man, I got to call my mom again and tell her we took second. And she always says, well, you know, you probably have more seconds than anybody. <laughs> and it was just a funny thing. You know, we put this guy on a pedestal and he's still like, damn, I'm taking second all these tournaments. But like we talked about it prior to recording. How, how many games do you think Yoder has played uh, against the Cyclones? I mean, you got to think back, like you were just saying, when you, the legendary of this, you know, rivalry. You know, you go back 20, 2005 you know, to 2010, you know, when Eton, 18 years old, Walk and Jerry, and they're just, they're all young, you know. And then you look at the Mudcats, where they have Yingling, you know, they have, you know, Yoder, Jamie yeah, Yoder. Yeah. yeah, you know. It's like it's young. They're all young. You know, it's a different game. It's a, you know, Johnny Mack when he was playing as well, too. So, Sully. What's up? John Sullivan. Oh, Sully, yeah. Is Osberger. Well. Yeah, it's a – so, you know, Yoder's probably played in at least well over 100 games, you know, with that, I would say. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. 
Dude, you're asking me numbers. I'm just. Know, like, he's like, he asked me, and he's like, "Wow." What would I don't you know, say, dude. Like, I can't believe. I can't believe it's anything under like six. I more like forty to fifty. You think so? Dude, you're asking the wrong think guy. About it. If you if, let's say the Mudcats play Palma once in round robin, once in playoffs, so that's say two he games. plays them. Say he plays them four times a year. Four times, yeah, four times a year, exactly. So four times, what, like 20? That's eight games, I guess. Yeah, yeah. dude, I'm 20 off. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, no, so, I can't be any so – And you touched on – you got – think about it too. Siebel's coaching them. Siebel used to play in those games. Exactly. Oh, Siebel play? Yeah. 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 Osper, Camp, and Garsh. Those guys are on the other side of it. Redmond so was their goalie at, one t- at the time too. Who's that? Redmond was the goalie at the time too. Young yeah. Red. Yeah. So I mean, like that that one, that is just classic. That is old school, like great roller hockey. Um, a couple podcasts ago I talked about Terry and handing him the stick in that tournament. I think we lost to Palma in the playoffs. And, you know, similar thing, like CJ being like, Oh, I got so many seconds. Like, I remember him saying, God, I freaking hate losing to those guys because i because like you play them so much and when you lose to them like it sucks so yeah that's that's just that's a classic one who would you take a seven game series if it was today those two teams today oh we didn't do that for the border cats and alkali um mudcats and cyclones today i mean let's say okay let's say minus eton because he came before we got to see him in the summer i guess you know He's still well, on I their guess, team, though. He's still on their team. Yeah, I guess oh, he's still on their team. So I guess we can do today. Yeah, I guess we can do today. Too. He's on their team. I'm gonna say Palma and six. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Rob? Palma and six. I think Leggett steals a game. Um, and I would say uh, the Muddies. See, and that's something they're going through too. Now they, they're in a rebuilding stage. You know, they're in a awkward stage. Um, you know, like I'm trying to think of somebody like who puts the puck in the net for them. They lost Woodsy. I don't know what Woodsy's deal is. He lives the craziest life anybody knows. He just lives in Amsterdam, I think. So I mean, bikes through anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's living a happy, jolly life. TK and Skyler just retired. That's so, not. That's brutal. That is some brutalness right there. That's yeah. Teach you I'll do your barn hockey workouts once you lace them back up in the pro division. How about that? <laughs> so um, yeah, like I, they're in a weird. They're in a weird stage. Yeah, they're in a weird stage too. I I I wish them the best because Chad and Ronnie and you know they, they got great people behind it. Um, but yeah, they need they gotta they gotta re- reboot a little bit. Absolutely. Palma just picked up Eton and they're like, yeah, we're exactly. Jordan, so we didn't get to do Alkali versus Bordercast. Who do you have them in the seven game series? I got Alkali in uh seven. Seven. Yeah. I yeah. think it's gonna I think it's gonna I think that a series would it's gonna go the distance. Yep. Uh, I couldn't yep. see any team winning in six. So Yeah. That, those are you know, those all are basically playoff matches that we would possibly see. Hopefully this summer we get to see sometime, you know? Exactly. Hopefully. It's snowing today. Marley yesterday or the day before was like, 
are we in a snow globe? Because this is like some perfect snow globe snow we got going on. And it is. I feel like yeah, we're just in, in somebody's little world that is being shaken up. Boys, so, you know, we have this thing coming out that we talked to Hawkins about, um, kind of do a segment about Joe Dumars. Since it is closing down, we figured we'd do a little homage, you know, that's how you say it, right? Because I suck at words. Mm-hmm. Homage to Joe Dumars in Detroit about, you know, stories, people play, you know, playing there, anything, you know, anything that has to do with Joe Dumars. So we've already got part one done. That was a lot of fun. We got part two coming out soon. It's going to be a video series on the, uh, on YouTube. We'll release it on YouTube and then we'll probably release it as a podcast as well. Um, you know, it'll be a little special podcast, both of them. There'll be a part one and a part two. So there's some cool names that we have. So we're super excited. It's going to be a, it's going to be a good one. You know, I'm excited for people to hear these stories. They're, they're, <laughs> they're pretty unreal. So. Yeah. I mean, you, we heard Hawkins tell us about like the three or four NHLers that came through that place and, Absolutely. How, how many people all together yeah go to, went to that place that place was a staple and you know the the detroit you know utica community and so that's it's not just those guys who have those stories man there's a lot more people who do but you know for for our world and our realm it's uh it's a cool thing to look back on and reflect on i i have dumar stories and i've only you know had like four tournaments there those guys grew up there yeah and i think one thing listening to this is you like, actually, we all can relate to this. You know, we've all played at, you know, the rinks, you know, our rinks, you know, here in Colorado where we're like, Bladium, for instance, we all have stories about Bladium when it closed, oh. you know, that was a huge heartbreak for us. But one thing with that is I think it was very unique with, you know, these, the people that had, you know, that worked at the rink and had access to the rink, you know, they can go there at different times. You know, it was not like a kind of a different ran rink. You know, these people had access to the rink where you have stories about it. it just, you know, so classic because it was family. You know, those Detroit boys, you know, can remember playing, you know, puck at, you know, two in the morning, you know, one in the mornings, you know. And that's that's something that, you know, hopefully that they get to do again. You know, I'm hoping something miracle that they can do it again. But it's not just hockey. They had so many basketball courts there that housed basketball too. So it's a, um, you know, it's just not – Losing a community of hockey, it's you know it's bigger than that. So exactly. When you, go ahead. No, I'm done. Okay. I so say like when you lose a real hockey hub, or like when you're in a real hockey hub like Michigan, and then you lose one of the biggest rinks there. Also, it's kind of like dang, where I mean, will I go? Lose the most medals in state wars history. Exactly. So it's like you know most of those players, and not all of them probably played at Joe Dumars. So it's just like you know that's where they held all of the regionals. Exactly. So. Yeah, I, uh, I took a team um, there a couple of years ago, Memorial Day. That's when Darren always holds the Narch Regional there um, at Dumars Memorial Day weekend, and so uh, like that that sucks for him, man. Like he 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 said in a post a little while, uh, like about a year or so, a year or two ago, maybe on Instagram, he's like, man, spent a lot of Memorial Days here, and he just had footage on footage on footage. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is really unique about this is like for people who never did have the chance to experience Dumars and, and, you know, for people who've always heard about it, um, for these guys to kind of like illustrate a little bit what it was like being there. And like, you know, I'm sure some of the stories aren't exactly what it was like being there. And, you know, there's some shenanigans going on, but, uh, you know, like to kind of paint a picture to people. Unfiltered, who, man. For, 
yeah, who never had a chance to go there. I mean, like it's, it's enriching, you know, it kind of paints a full picture of what this place meant to everybody um, in Detroit that spent, you know, time there. Cause there's a lot of people who spent a lot of time there. So these will, these will be cool when we're able to drop these. Absolutely, man. Hopefully we can uh, release these in the next week or two. So, well, boys, just want to say, hope you guys stay safe. Hopefully a couple more weeks. I don't know how much longer we're stuck in here. I know Colorado's in lockdown to like the 26th of April. I don't know, but you know, hopefully we get to see each other soon, play some puck. Hope everyone's staying safe out there, doing some things to keep them busy, watching some movies, miracle over and over and over again, maybe mystery Alaska (laughs) here and there, but you know, I just want to say thank you guys for the support during this quarantine. And we're trying to provide some content for you guys. So if you guys want to see something new or different or us talk about, you know, throw us a DM. So just want to say stay safe guys. And we'll uh, see you on the next pod. Peace.